it's just that time of year in Kentucky when we go hiking and camping. The nights are cooler and not so stuffy and the fireside is inviting to chase that chill away. Well, my family has a trip planned out to Red River Gorge within the next couple of weeks and I cannot wait. My favorite part is disconnecting from the world, reconnecting and being present with those I love the most in this life, putting myself on away, letting the dust from all my busyness settle down a bit and slowing down to think and reorient and relax. All the oxygen fills my lungs. God's beautiful creation captivates my attention and the stress just rolls away. My heart fills up to full again. You know, camping is right up there with a stroll on the ocean beach to me. Camping has also been a way to benchmark a whole bunch of memories. Some really frightful, like using a gallon of gasoline in a milk jug to attempt to ignite wet wood that was smoldering just a bit. And yeah, the flames leaped up onto the rim of the gallon jug. Okay, it's nothing short of a miracle that our campsite didn't go up in flames, taking with it the camper holding the jug that was on fire. Well, that's about my worst memory, but there are also others keep me in stitches years later, like the time a bear, come on, now I'm telling you it was a bear. Nobody else believes me, but I'm telling you it was a bear that came sniffing up around our tent one night. And, you know, I'm sure if you're a camper, you can totally relate. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk hiking, literally, and hiking spiritually. You don't want to miss it. And if you have a hiking friend, please text, email, or post the link for them. I'd really appreciate it. And jump on over to my my website so we can stay connected at victoriadwalker.com. So welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's put on our hiking boots and hit the trail together. Let's go. So have you ever gotten lost hiking? I mean, you have the trail guide in your hands, but somehow the words on the page don't quite line up with your surroundings. You and the group kind of convince yourself to keep going like, you know, this way. And then somebody says, well, shouldn't we go that way? And then we're like, no, we think this is the right way. Okay, let's take a vote. And But then this happens before you know it, to your astonishment and bewilderment, you emerge from the trailhead, all right, at a parking lot that is eight miles away from where your vehicle is actually parked. Hmm. Okay, so I guess we missed that turn, all right. And, you know, the ones who said, go this way, they're all like, "Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a true story. Or maybe if you're hiking in the fall, you've hiked in the fall when the leaves have fallen on the paths, covering every hint of the right way to trek. You look out and all you see is a stunning, immense, and eternal blanket of oranges, yellows, reds, and browns. You stop and you scratch your head thinking, my goodness, which way? Where's the path? Or how about when a 30-foot tree, 30 feet high tree has fallen over your path? Okay, and so you have two options. You try your best to make your way through the gazillion sharp branches and twigs and foliage to mount yourself over the trunk itself, if you even can, or you have to go off the trail and find your way around the tree to pick up the trail on the other side. Problem is, the way off the trail and around the tree is muddy, steep, with brush everywhere. Yeah, I mean, who expects to encounter a downed tree on the pathway? 
Well, hiking is such a wonderful metaphor for our journey in life. And as I was reading Psalm 25, my eyes caught these words, paths, ways, as well as the verb choose. And in a nutshell, Psalm 25, penned by David, is a plea for protection, guidance, and pardon. It's a heart's cry for wisdom, instruction, and intimacy with Elohim, the one true and supreme God. It echoes David's desire to make good and righteous choices and to walk along the proper path that God God had in mind for him. I thought it would be so fun to study those words and those themes and do a bit of cross-referencing for other verses, as well as continuing the analogy of hiking and living our lives practically speaking. The message today helps us connect the dots between what we need hiking out in the deep woods. We need a guide, protection slash provision, and tools and what we need journeying in this wild thing called life. Those very same things, except spiritually thinking. Okay, so number one, we need a guide. What is your map in this life? Do you know where you are, your spiritual GPS coordinates, and where you're headed? Are you tracking your progress? As Christians, we would say our Bible is the guide. The divine word of God is revealed to mankind. God provides instructions for us through his statutes, precepts, commandments, his holy word and testimony. And now that doesn't mean that we won't have tough decisions to make. But the good news is that no matter the decision weight, as we we acknowledge God in everything and simply ask for help, he will guide us and make our path straight. Further, he gives us a compass, the Holy Spirit, to offer us orientation and direction. When we set our hearts to listen, he points us points us in the right direction to keep us on the path God has designed for us. Well, what kind of pathway does God want us to choose and to stay on? Well, it's been described as the way of righteousness and integrity that leads to, quote, life. It's a path of uprightness and understanding. The Holy Spirit is ever present, and we don't want to miss the, his power and guidance, even his comfort, you know, all that that he brings into our decision-making equation, you know, like which way to turn and when do we stop, where do we go, and that's those sorts of things. Somehow we need to rely as fully on God as possible. Proverbs tells us that there's a way that seems right to me, but in the end, if I go that way, it ultimately leads to death. Yikes. We're even cautioned further. It says that like all my ways may be clean or pure in my own sight, but the Lord weighs my motives and examines my heart. Things get a bit more serious here, don't they? These passages suggest that it's relatively easy to be led astray by my own desires, thoughts, and inclinations. This is why I need the Holy Spirit to convict me and help me to turn around and make better choices that lead to life and health instead. In other words, there's a partnership. In Proverbs, we read, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And I love this passage from Isaiah 30. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right or to the left. Well, I have to be intentional about asking the Holy Spirit to lead me. And then I have to pause, rest, wait. And I know this is hard, but to try to listen to that whisper that says, go on, Victoria, walk on or come this way. Follow me. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord surrounds us. He goes before, behind, to the side, above, and below. We are hemmed in. And that's a wonderful privilege. It's exciting to partner with God in this way as he shows his favor to us and as he blesses us on this journey. In Isaiah, it's written, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. 
You see, God provides the way for us to be led by him, no matter the obstacles and struggles along the way. Okay, so number one, God's word is our map. God's spirit is our GPS and our guide. And number two, we need provision. Well, we got to eat to stay strong, healthy, and able. What are some of your favorite camping and hiking foods? Trail mix is always a hit for us because it's packed with protein and vitamins and minerals, and it gives a big energy boost along the way. We also have to have plenty of fresh, clean water to drink to stay properly hydrated and to help our internal organs function properly and our muscles to engage along the way. Well, what provisions do we need as a Jesus follower? Are we consuming and intaking items that are healthy and wholesome for our spiritual journey on this earth? Or are we really into junk food, so to speak? Just think of the media, for example. That's a trap and a time waster for so many of us. I mean, it's easy to sit and consume media almost as, almost as if we're in a stupor. We go to Netflix sometimes because we're bored or we're looking for distraction. I've done it myself. But then I've thought recently, what is Netflix feeding me? You know, I use Netflix for distraction and to keep sharp on listening to Spanish, but I found myself allowing more and more unwholesomeness onto my screen. I even thought I was becoming desensitized to cursing actions and behaviors that were not considered sin in the storylines and the plots. And this would all take my mind in directions that I didn't really want to go. So when the cuties controversy erupted, I knew that that was the last straw for me. I needed to do something different to relax or to rest my brain or to engage my brain with Spanish. And because sometimes I can't quite figure out whom or what to boycott or not, I wonder if the better questions are these. And and they wouldn't be like, not what and whom are we boycotting, but rather what and whom do we endorse and support? I tried to ask myself these questions. Is what I'm ingesting through my eyes and ears helping to make me stronger in my faith? Is it increasing my awareness of God? Am I being edified and encouraged? Is it truthful? Does it serve others? Would it please God for me to consume this? If we can find a provision that does these things, then we're probably heading in the right direction. In other words, just like hiking out in the gorge, if I really want to be healthy and strong in this hike of life, I'd better be watching my spiritual carbs and calories. If I only consume high sugar and high fat Reese's pieces or M&Ms while I'm hiking in the beautiful forest of Natural Bridge, let's just see how far that goes for me. My body would be crying out for wholesomeness and sustainable energy, not sugar rushes that jazz for the moment and give me pleasure for only a few steps, but leave me winded, exhausted, and depleted the next. Plus, get this, the more junk I consume, it seems the more junk I crave. And bad habits are developed pretty quickly in terms of media, I think. I kind of think long-term when I hike the forests of life as well. What sustains me spiritually in the long run is God's word, God's presence, the Holy Spirit, and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And taking in these types of provisions plus living water that quenches my soul's thirst, well, that would just be wise and life-giving. The Psalms tell us that God will make known to us the path of life and in his presence we'll find fullness of joy and in his right hand there are pleasures forever. We also read that he will make our path straight when we acknowledge him. The path for the upright is like a highway. In other words, it's the smoothest fast action track as we walk right beside God with him at the lead. It's my goal that God's word be my principal diet 
in his life, my daily bread, the honey to my lips. And I want to survive on his every word. Consuming God's word helps me to become more discerning about any type of media or endeavor, pursuit or path that I may face in this world, literally. And how can I keep my way pure? The Bible tells, tells me that I can do this by keeping myself and conducting myself according to God's word. And as to media consumption, perhaps I can find ways to support ent entities like Pure Flix and Christian writers, musicians, and producers. I mean, do you think we need to amplify the options for Christian-based Christian values in the media? And that's just something to consider. Okay, so number one, we need a guide to point us in the right direction and help us understand where we are in life. And number two, we need proper and healthy provisions to nourish our souls and influences the, influence the paths that we choose to take in life. And number three, we need protection. But before we go on, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Now it's time to think about appropriate clothing, shelter, sunglasses, sunscreen, and a first aid kit. I came upon a baby rattlesnake once when I was hiking alone one cool autumn day. He was there curled up on a rock formation near a creek bed. The problem was I couldn't figure out how to make my way around him because the rock embankment was jagged and slippery. And I was worried that he might spring out at me. So I didn't want to be too close when I got around him. I wanted to maneuver around him at a distance to keep my legs out of reach and my, and my arms because I was having to bend over a bit. I was so grateful that I had on tougher, loose-fitting jeans that hung over my heavy leather hiking boots, which were protecting my feet and ankles. The whole while I kept thinking, oh, is his mom nearby? But thankfully, I forged around him and I kept on trucking. Well, as a spiritual sojourner, I need protection as well. But what should I wear as a Christ follower? The Proverbs 31 woman clothes herself with strength, honor, and wisdom. And get this, we can also put on Christ himself. In Romans 13, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Well, in hiking, I need protective gear like a rain cloak or heavy boots. And as a Christ follower, I want to make sure I start each day wearing the full armor of God to protect me from my spiritual opponents, as well as unexpected hazards like rattlesnakes that we may encounter along the way. And I'm, am I renewing my mind? Am I putting on thoughts, mindsets, and attitudes that reflect the fact that I've been given the mind of Christ? Well, just like slathering on sunscreen to block the damaging rays of the sun, I have to intentionally cloak myself with faith and hope and love and purpose. Not only do I need outward protection of my body, I need shelter when I rest, like a tent. It's no different as a Christian. I have to have a place to run for help, for refuge, and for safety. God is my hiding place, my strong tower. You know, he tenderly shelters us under his powerful wings that keep us snuggled up close enough to him to hear his very heartbeat. Now, I bet that you keep a first aid kit in your camping and hiking gear. Well, we sure do. And because cuts and bruises are bound to happen, we got to have something and be ready for them. Have you ever thought about how God himself is the best first aid kit in our spiritual trek? He doesn't just clean up our wounds, our mistakes, our sin. He also heals us to the uttermost. His balm is powerfully cleansing and restorative. Let's remember that even if we fall and get bruised or cut, he comes to our rescue if we reach out to him. You know, in the summer of 2019, I took a trip to Spain with only a backpack. 
Now this backpack was U.S. military grade with a gazillion zippered pockets and padded shoulder straps. It was gargantuan on my small frame and it was so heavy that it actually bruised both my shoulders after that first day because I was trying to carry everything I needed for five weeks in this backpack. You know, this became such a great symbol for unseen baggage that I've carried around in my Christian walk. It's damaging in so many ways. And I might have been carrying around toxic thoughts, the fiery darts of the enemy, you know, that I just collected, regrets, mistakes, missteps, and I loaded them all on my heart and my head. And I kept lugging this baggage around. Finally, Jesus stepped in and said, let me take that from you, Victoria. There's no need for you to haul that kind of freight. It's mine anyway. And what's more, he said, let me offer you something different. My yoke that's easy and light. His yoke is like a mantle of praise that helps to shelter us in this journey. So number one in our life sojourn, we are given a guide. Number two, we're given provisions. Number three, we are protected. And number four, we need tools. In the wild, we'd better have a hatchet, knives, matches, and a flashlight or a headlamp. Once during an overnight camping trip, we were running out of kindling and smaller starter pieces of wood. And one of our campers found this huge cut log. It was about three feet long with a diameter of about 18 inches. We counted this a wonderful discovery, but the problem was we forgot the axe. We only had my inexpensive off-brand hatchet. Have you ever tried to cut split wood with a hatchet? Well, let's just say that there were blisters and the hatchet blade head kept falling off. Plus, so we were using the, the back side of the, the you know, the hammer-like side. It, it, I don't know what it was being used for, but it became flattened in ways that it was never intended to be used. And it sure didn't look like a hatchet anymore. My point, we got to have the right tools on our journey. Thank goodness the Word of God covers all four essential bases for us. It's our guide. It's our daily honey and bread for consumption. It's our shelter and refuge and provides us with two types of spiritual tools, a sword and a light for our path. Okay, the Bible says that, the, that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Yes, we will have a gazillion choices to make in our Christian journey, but we never go it alone. And I don't know about you, but if I have to get up in the middle of the pitch black night to make my way to the restroom, when you know when we're camping, well, I want some kind of light in my hand or on my head. Because without the light, I might spook a critter. Maybe I'll step into a hole, trip over a log, or maybe I'll get lost even. Maybe I could take a much longer pathway to get to my destination. And for us as believers, there's no degree of darkness that can snuff out our light. Proverbs tells us that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Have you ever been in the belly of a cave where you can't see even your hand inches from your eyes and your and, and then suddenly you hear the tour guide strike the match and and boom you see you can see darkness does not dispel light it is actually the other way around light has the magnificent power to cast out darkness both literally and spiritually and further who is the light of the world for us do you know him? He was described as a bruised but not broken reed, a wick that was smoldering but would not be put out. And this light stepped into the darkness of our world. And he's still here in this 21st century, all the media notwithstanding. 
and through his historically documented death and resurrection, he left his spirit behind that fire that we need to carry on in this life. So critical spiritual tools on our journey are God's holy word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and a double-edged sword that keeps us lined up in gear and ready to go where the spirit leads. We don't go it alone and we don't have to carry everything on our backs. We can walk in joy, freedom, and full of faith as we toil in God's vineyard and walk those winding paths where he is our guide. So let me ask you a few questions. What path are you on right now in your life and how would you describe it? Is it straight, crooked, winding, narrow, steep? Are you going uphill, downhill? Is the pathway slippery? Does it have a ton of obstacles and interferences? Are you stumbling a bit? Is your path well lit or is it covered in darkness? Are you standing at a crossroad? Is there a fork, a turn, and you're just like, "Mm, I don't know which way to go. Are you facing difficult decisions in your life? What kind of a traveler are you? Are you traveling light and heavy? or heavy with a ton of baggage that encumbers you? Are you prepared? Well, let's listen to Psalm 25, which is a prayer for protection, guidance, and pardon. And then I'll meet you right again on the other side. Psalm 25 in the NASB version. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindnesses, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Look upon my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with violent hatred. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. And this is the word of the Lord. So let's wrap it all up. My encouragement for you today is to remember that God's paths are filled with loving kindness and truth. If you're feeling a bit snagged in life or trapped, maybe even lonely and afflicted, well, God is there for you. He will teach you his ways and instruct you in the way to go. Wait for him. And here's something so profound that I discovered about that word lonely. It also means 
only, as in only begotten son. So let that sink in a bit. In this life's journey, we are guided, we are protected and provided all that we need, and we are equipped with all the spiritual tools we need. And if all this is not enough, God also gave his son, his only begotten son, the son who was crucified all alone on that cross, afflicted beyond measure, all this for you and for me. And in his wake, he left us left us the spirit to be with us 24-7. So you become the light of God and let your light shine. Stand up for something. Don't be afraid. Ask God to help you choose the right path to take as you do. And let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the most amazing gift we could ever receive in our lives, the gift of your Son who bore the weight of our sin upon his body. But death did not stop him. He rose again so that we too might find mercy and grace, light, life, guidance, protection, provision, and all the equipment we need as we sojourn this earth. We are forever grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. So there you have it, Brain Changer. And listen, what's the merch design for the podcast theme today? It's called, it's this, Today I Choose the Path That Leads to Life. And that's my prayer for you. Why not give this as a gift to your hiking and camping friends? Christmas is coming. So check out the Choose to Think Merch and More for inspiring gift ideas. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.